Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and I guess I just have to say, happy birthday, Andy. Thank you, Alex. Yes, it is. Uh, you did it. Another I revolution this, around the sun. I mentioned this to my wife the other day as I was entering some information and she almost got mad at me because I had trouble with her birth date. I needed to enter her birth dates, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't get it right. And I actually said, "Just a second. I'm like, all right, December, and you know, December 9th. And she's like, "Are you having trouble forgetting my birthday?" I said, "No, I have trouble with the date. Like putting the dates in order for some reason, because for the all of my life, I've just got to say four four. You don't ever. You don't have to worry about which one's first. I spent part of my youth sometimes over in Europe where they have the dates backwards. Didn't matter. It's just 4-4 there as well. So it's always been easy for Andy because it's 4-4. And yes, what a what a week for a fucking birthday to land. A Masters week, National Championship Day, Ontario's going live. We're uh, very excited to celebrate a hell of a sports week, honestly. And if you, if you could get past the two main things, the natty and the golf, we also have a really good UFC card this weekend. Baseball is dangerously close to being played, and it's essentially the final week of uh, the NBA. I believe it is next Tuesday the play-in tournament starts. I think we're going to try to touch on some of that. Obviously, we'll touch on it here, the play-in tournament. Like, expect us to get into the play-in tournament Monday. I think I'll we'll probably do at least stuff. three times. Yeah, the, <laughs> I think I have the format down now, but for sure we'll touch on it on the deep dive. Special guest tonight on the deep dive, which I will not reveal. We'll talk some Masters tonight as we get into Masters week. But, yeah, it is uh, It is the natty. Did you watch the games over the weekend, Alex? I know you – no, not a single solitary second of basketball was was watched at my house unless it was professional. Um, I meant to turn on the Villanova game, but by the time I went to turn it on, things were kind of ugly, and I wasn't really going to watch Kansas blow out my beloved Jay Wright and, and Villanova, the almost yeah. Philadelphia school. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that game wasn't that fun. The other game was instant fucking classic. My God, the Duke-UNC game, I watched that, and... Sometimes in the moment you don't realize, like, oh, this is a classic. And sometimes it's because uh, maybe some endgame stuff, like there's an amazing shot hit. You won't know that's an instant classic until somebody hits that three. Villanova is a big case of that, if you remember a Villanova game from a few years ago that ended with a big bang. That was awesome. But, like, the Duke-Carolina game, it felt like just, man, the whole world just hyped it up because of the rivalry. And I'm like, if this falls flat, that's going to just stink. And it just delivered back and forth game saw some great performances from i mean players on both sides and most of the people who just hate duke which is anybody who isn't from there and isn't a bad fan they got their wish they got to see they got to see coach k which is a just a weird ending so his his last regular season game and his final game ever ending to the bitter rival the only way it could have been better would have been you know, the, the conference tournament finals as well being UNC. But, I mean, that, what was that? V, I think VTech took them out. if you think about it's, it. It is, it is beautiful in its own way. And, you know, Drew's a Duke guy, so I try to be nice about it. But he ain't here, so we'll shit on Duke all we want. And beautiful win. Beautiful win for the Tar Heels. And that's the main thing people have latched onto, the anchoring bias around their seeding. They were an eight seed. 
And people struggle with that. It's like we talk about with the AP poll in college football and basketball. Oh, this team's ranked lower. Why are they favored? I should take the dog. It's like, yeah, this team has played so much better during the tournament. I'm even just starting with that. The end of the season there, Coach Davis has them playing as well as anybody. And honestly, if if the ankle's okay for our guy, I think they hang with him. And I started running numbers. I'm I'm looking at this price. I think the total's just fine. So we'll pull up the odds here. It is Kansas minus four and a half for the final. And 152, I think that total is probably just about right. I looked at that a couple times. I was hoping that would come in a little lower. I don't know that we'll see what we saw from Kansas a couple times where their offense was just wrecking people. I mean, was it the te- did they play Tech? I'm trying to think of which game it was. Hey, Texas Tech where everybody yeah. – win against him second half. It's like, oh, we can't continue to see this. And sometimes you can. Kansas is a very good team, but I am going to take the underdog here. Just with the points, there's still some four and a halfs out there. With the caveat that... How do you feel, by the way? You're a little on an island here, aren't you? I, I kind of am. Like, I feel like a lot of people... And I was... I said I didn't really bet the final four, but I said if, if there was any bet I was going to make, it was going to be Kansas minus four and a half. I'm like, I just, I think that might be the blowout that we see. It was, that was, again, and, again, what am I, 12 and 0 on my my lean streak so far? Which is <laughs> just, just, uh, just, just maddening. Um, so it's, it sounds like, God, what did, what did uh, Charles Barkley call him? Baccarat? We're just going to call him Baccarat. Baycott. Barkley didn't know the name of the player. If his ankle is okay, if they give him a shitload of Toradol, tape the piss out of that thing, and he can play well, this is a close game. If he's injured and we get to game time and he's not warming up and it's not looking good, I might I might try to buy out of this before it shoots to five and a half. So I maybe this is just a wishful thinking bet that we get a good competitive natty, but I am, I've been raising my, my rating on this team all throughout the tournament and what they've done is I I don't think it's like non-repeatable because I do think Kansas is a very good team. We had a very easy road to the finals and fuck it. They can still win. Let them win. Win by one, win by four. I don't care. UNC plus four and a half. I like it. I will be watching tonight. UNC has been fun. Uh, I've seen a couple of their games. I haven't watched a Kansas game yet, so I guess I'll have to watch Bill Self do something silly. But maybe that's what I'll do. I'll bet at UNC, and then I can cheer every time Bill Self does something stupid. So that'll be fun. Yeah. No, I mean, he's classic. If you want to fade Bill Self, Dan brings up a good point. Carolina, is there a letdown after winning a huge game against a huge rival in a huge spot? Maybe. Hopefully not. If, you know, Hubert can get him up. If you can't get up for the national title game, I don't know what you're doing. So hopefully it's not a bit of a letdown. If they come out flat, I, I kind of like that Kansas first half look for some people. Maybe this is a UNC comeback. I don't know. Knock on wood. That's my look. NBA finals. we got the UNC game. So the smaller the NBA card, the more bets you have. <laughs> math doesn't really work out tonight but you should have a technically i believe the way this an infinite the way this amount. the way this curve it yes an infinite amount of bets tonight there are no nba games tonight they are just i mean it's probably smart just let let the next national 
It's a national championship. Let them have the airwaves tonight. Don't hurt the ratings for your good games. Mash them in later this week. We're going to have a great week. Um, you know, four, four-ish, three, four games left for a lot of teams. Big win for my Timberwolves over the Nuggets the other day. Although it looks like the Jazz might be the target if they are going to nab the sixth spot. Either way, I think seven worst case now. So home Timberwolves playoff game is in the works. That's really something. I don't know. Any any thoughts? You know, we talked a little bit about make, don't make the playoff prices last week. Did you learn anything this weekend? And uh, how much are you celebrating the, I mean, the, the Lakers are in the grave now. Like we fully put dirt uh, yeah. on it. There's not the E next to their name on the standings. And I'm going to continue to pretend like this isn't going to win until it does. But again, it's, I was starting actually thinking about it when you were talking about, um, you know, Krzyzewski finishing his career with losses against UNC. If that happens in the same year that the Lakers missed the playoffs after all that unbelievable stupidity of offseason excitement that we heard about, it might just be the greatest basketball year of my life, regardless of how bad the Sixers implode during the Eastern Conference playoffs. I mean, at the end of the season is fantastic. The Lakers are not out of it. They still have um, four games left. They're two games behind the Spurs. The Spurs do hold the tiebreaker, though, so they basically have to win out against a pretty tough schedule here. So it looks like the Spurs will be in 10th. As you mentioned, the Timberwolves looks like they're locked into 7th or no worse. The Jazz just keep losing basketball games. So that would be pretty fantastic if you guys could sneak up to three and have to catch like a beat-up Golden State team. I mean – you could have, you know, Steph Curry in Minnesota. You could take take the daughter to go see her, which would be pretty fantastic. And you look at the schedule here. I mean, Minnesota is just going to keep winning basketball games. Washington, San Antonio, Chicago. Those are three pretty simple games for them. So we'll see if the Jazz can hold on. But the West is starting to shape up a bit. The Clippers, they'll be in the play-in. Looks like the Pelicans and the Spurs will be in the play-in there. But yeah, it looks like a nice spot for your Timberwolves here to sneak in and for the Clippers to ruin my Clippers to miss the playoffs bet. But at the Western Conference, it just really, it looks like Phoenix and Dallas is really starting to peak. I was thinking it was going to be Denver. You know, we had the deep dive. We talked with Drew. I still think Denver is going to be dangerous. I would just like Jamal Murray to get back sooner rather than later. I was hoping to get a couple games of warm up before the playoffs, but their first round series should be manageable there. I mean, honestly, it might be Dallas. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. That's going to be really interesting and unfortunate because those are the two dark horses. I mean, you've got Phoenix with all due respect to Memphis and Golden State. It's I think it's Dallas or Denver. So maybe we can shake them out of the four or five seed. Otherwise, I wonder if I can find some sort of goofy future, like four seed or five seed to win the conference or something. Yeah, there's going to be stuff like that. And truthfully, as much as Andy's anti-NBA and I don't pay attention, the playoffs are fun. I've spent many, and again, RIP Tony, RIP Five Dimes. They used to have the best stuff available. You are seeing this. I mean, FanDuel, our, our main sponsor, a lot of the illegals are starting they to do a great job. Put a lot of cool props out because they were actually kind of hard to find. I say RIP FanDuel because there were um, a really, they were kind of a, at the forefront of some of the props surrounding the NBA playoffs. Like if you had a seven game series, they would offer you every out, outcome as far as this team wins 4-1, this team wins 4-2. They would offer you not only the total, like does this, they'd set a, a, a series total at like five and a half games, but they'd give you alternate totals for four and a half, six and a half, you know, you're basically betting, will it go seven kind of stuff. And then they'd give you a spread. Like if it were a 1-8, 
you could bet like a minus two and a half games for a you know a four one win or better, and then give you alternate spreads on those. And I used to parlay the shit out of those like an absolute donkey. But I, I mean, a lot of those there were some good angles to be had, and just you know if you looked at the matchups and how things were going to work and with the travel, like Drew Drew always seemed to be able to point me in a few good ways, and we made money on those. I like those, so that's something we'll have to dig into uh, as you know after the play in tournament once we actually have some some things settled i suppose the three six and the four five will be set up and ready to go so we can look at those right away but once the play-in tournaments are settled out after the first day you'll the two seven will be figured so They're yeah pretty, it'll, yeah. it'll kind of be a roll that's nice that then we don't have to eat it all at once it's like a rolling process how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time yeah. guys we did good with that. We had Milwaukee. Uh, it's one of my favorite bets is to take an underdog minus one and a half games in the series. Basically, you're betting them to um, or minus a game in the series or something. You're betting them basically to win in game six. Um, I, I just have a big fan of that because a lot. It's hard for an underdog to go into um, on the road and beat a favorite in game seven. So I, I like little stuff like that. We had some of that stuff with Milwaukee. I remember. Um, what was it Milwaukee to lose game one and win the series or goofy? I was going like to say you. Yeah, you had. Uh, uh, it was the Suns or the Bucks lose game one and then win the series at like yeah, five to one. And yeah. yeah, that was that was a really fun because it did. You know, you got the first step, and then you could. I mean, you could even hedge out of that if you really want. So that'll be yeah. Next week we'll get into all that. I'm very excited for all the props surrounding the NBA playoffs. And I like how things are staggered where the NHL playoffs don't start till like three weeks after that. We'll do it's the same so thing with goofy. hockey guests. Yes. It's Usually crazy. there's hockey right now. And we were talking about that, I think, off air one time with the Olympic break and the COVID break and stuff like that. Usually the NHL playoffs are now. And then we get those into the NBA playoffs. So it's interesting to do it backwards. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pumped for all that. We'll get into a ton of that next week. As again, play in tournament starts Tuesday, starting this Thursday, the Masters. I don't have any bets yet. Oh. Sorry. A little Just, tournament called the Masters. A little tournament called the Masters. Birthday week, have Masters week, same kind of thing. <laughs> um, you can see just name power. Everybody. Basically, everyone's here. Big names, you know, Phil obviously missing due to his um outcast uh, you know, label he's been thrown by himself and then Harris English still fighting after that he's rehabbing after a hip surgery otherwise everybody who qualified is here no Ricky Fowler which is fine with me but I mean just look at the top of the board it's a really big who's who this is awesome and it's not just you know it's not just these guys Patrick Reed won is 50 to 1 I don't know what Morikawa's number was but I mean big names don't always just win this I hesitate to say Danny Willett won a Masters I will say he, he was standing outside the window when Jordan threw the trophy out of it and happened to catch it. I mean, he had to play well to be in that position, but that was a wild one. That was a big number. So no place for me. If you have a lock or you have a better number at a different book, Charles hit, us the, hit us in the comments here, obviously on, uh, on this live chat. I'm if you're watching this later in the YouTube chat, hit us with your likes. Or your well, hit us with your likes too. Hit us with a thumbs up. But if you like somebody, let me know. Obviously, lots of content surrounding the Masters this week over at BetSports Golf, and uh, I think we're still going to run that Masters deal the whole year yeah. of the premium content's like ninety nine bucks, fifty percent off for the year. So good deal over there if you want to get all of my plays are okay, but Ron, Ron is good. Like that guy hits outright. So 
check his stuff out. He put a uh, master's preview out that's like 17 pages long. <laughs> if you got uh, some time this afternoon to really get deep on Augusta, Noonan put out a, a blurb uh, with, well, it's an article, but with a blurb for every single player in the field and kind of uh, his quick thoughts on that. That's a good read too. So check those out. Those are both free articles over at Betsworks Golf. You don't have to pay to get those. So those are very readable. I'll tweet them out later. And we're added to the East Coast. Before, I was looking at the list that you were pointing out, um, Masters winners that weren't really big names. And I was kind of whispering some in the background. And I stopped for a second because I want to see, can you remember the last Canadian winner of the Masters? Oh, think about it. It was, it was it was before 2000, so it's been within the last 20 years. Yeah, um, the left-handed guy. Oh my God, Mr. Pepto. Matt, Matt Queer. There you go. The chat, the chat cheated go. for me. <laughs> I just and you right. It was. It's something I guess I don't think a lot about. There's so much prestige in it, and it's such a big tournament. You assume just you know the very best golfer you know would win every single year. But you look about every four or five years, you get a Danny Willett or a Charles Schwartzel or a Mike Weir, if you will. Yeah, Mike Weir. Also, you know he's he's not left-handed. He just plays golf left-handed. I have a buddy like that, opposite. But that I heard that was out. supposed to be to your advantage because of your power hands. Anyway, I don't know. It, it, it helps at Augusta with the way the course plays a little. And I mean, we've seen it, but a little further north, beautiful spot on the East Coast. The WTA is moving from Miami up to Charleston. And there's another one in Bogota, Colombia. Is that the East Coast of South America? I don't know. I'm just going to say it's close enough. I think it's the North Coast. But a couple outrights. We have out. I love it when we are able to do outrights. So let's uh, let's uh, finish with some tennis here. Some outrights and some plays today. Well, the good news is we have outrights. The bad one is the first one has quit. Uh, don't bet Kudermatova plus sixteen hundred. She withdrew about five minutes before the show started or so. Um, Brett, our buddy, who's yeah. probably floating around in the chat, let us know. So skips Kudermatova there. Um, so we've got just a couple big numbers here: Shelby Rogers and Quinyen Zhang. Rogers fifty to one. Zhang fifty-five to one. Um, Rogers loves it in, in um, Charleston. She grew up close to here. Has played tennis near here. Generally makes the quarterfinals are better in this event every single year really like her spot here and at 50 to 1 again if she can even get to the quarterfinals we've got enough equity to maybe do something there zhang is just a young up-and-comer that i'm going to continue to back at some big numbers she's in a really nice spot in this draw she's in a quarter where so this is kind of a funky week um charleston is a clay tournament but it's played on green clay which if you go back and look doesn't quite play like hardcore, but doesn't quite play like clay. It's kind of somewhere in in between. And what you find out is you're handicapping it. Maybe look at it slow hardcore results and fast clay results are kind of the way to go. And and Bogota, we're playing at really high altitude, um, which is always really tough. The fitness there is really important. And to put you know just another weird thing on top of this, next week is Billie Jean King Cup, and the following week is the beginning of the clay season in Europe. So a lot of the bigger name women. I think might just be in this Charleston field because they were in Miami. It's a short flight. Go pick up about four or 5,000 bucks just for showing up. Maybe win a match or two, pick up some more money, and then head to Europe to get started. So keep that in mind. I'm going to be really underdog heavy this week because it's 
really tough to trust some of these favorites. And Zhang is in just a really nice spot. I believe she's in the same quarter. I think it's with Rybakina as well as um, Olms Jabor, who are two women that I think, again, are going to be kind of in and out this week. So we'll grab Rogers and Zhang in a nice number. And in Bogota, almost the exact opposite. I rarely do this, but we're taking my favorite. Um, Bogota, there's just, it's really specialized conditions. And you go back historically, there are just patterns of a few women kind of coming through and dominating this tournament. And I think Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano, just Osorio now, as you look on the books, um, MSOS here, I think has a, a shot to kind of pick up, you know, that um, that run here. She, I believe, is the defending champion. Again, is in her home country, is used to this altitude here, very comfortable. She is the number one seed in this event and really won't face someone that has a chance of even be favored over her i think until she gets to the final so four to one looked pretty nice to me i had it closer to three to one even less than that and then anna carolina schmedlova um you know kind of a, a mid-level player in the tour generally does better on clay season but has performed well here and, and has generally the level of fitness you need to do well and again in kind of a nice soft spot in the draw now we'll see how things go yastremska's down here this week and she's probably the most talented player in the field but again with kind of the you know, with the schedule stuff, with the altitude, it's it's hard to figure. So those are our numbers this week. And um, as I mentioned, we'll be focusing on some underdogs, which I think I do have a few. And the annoying part is, Andy, I don't have any tennis this afternoon. For whatever reason, they're playing right now. They'll be playing this afternoon. If you really wanted something, maybe take Rogers or Zhang. Um, just bet them outright. Didn't actually play them in their matches. But these are all tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is starting, I believe, the Charleston matches start as early as 10 o'clock Eastern. The Bogota matches start as early as 11. Yeah, I believe that's how it goes. Um, might have that flip-flop, but again, no earlier than 10 o'clock Eastern for either of these. And we'll start with a big number here. Gasanova was actually able to get this at plus 600 and is starting to move down. Maybe plus 400, maybe plus um, 425, you might see. Uh, waiting around, I think, Madison. she's playing against Madison Keys. And Keys, again, is someone who, you know, a lot of the U.S. players, I think, get shaded a little bit of value here in the market. Uh, hypothetically, it's a home court advantage. They'll be a little more focused. But Keys is generally not done terribly well here. And given how many ranking points she soaked up uh, to start this year, again, I just think she comes in here and there's a chance she really just biffs this match. Now, you can see I just took the money line as opposed to the spreads down below. If Gasanova goes down, she goes down quickly and, and hard. So look for five to one. I think that that number will bounce back a little bit there. Um, Emma Navarro, plus 280 and plus four and a half games. Um, like the young American wild card, she's played well here before. Um, hasn't played a ton of tennis this year, but it's been pretty solid. And, you know, again, we're trying to find ways to go against some big names here. And not that Madison Brangle is a big name, but she's been killing people for the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden now, someone who you know, kind of laughably was a favorite in matches is now seemingly laughably a huge favorite and what should be a very competitive match. So happy to take plus 280 and plus five games. Katie McNally plus 325 and plus five. Um, again, going against Allison Risk here, who's had a nice start to the season. But, you know, similar to what I just said, I mean, it's we're kind of playing above herself. So it's something that we haven't really seen this time of year. And again, I'm going to continue to fade some of, I think, these market overreactions. And I did mention just Tremska, her first round opponent in Bogota will be Pana Udvardi. Um, Udvardi is someone who you know doesn't play a lot of, honestly, WTA 
big WTA events. Not that this is, it's a 250, but <laughs> uh, kind of a rare spot for her here, but has really been good on clay. And I think kind of has the fitness here. And again, I don't know what I'm going to get out of Yastremska. Uh, Vardy, the four seed here, has played well before. So happy to grab her again, a bunch of dogs, and which should be the theme this week. I'm fine with all of this. I like this in smaller tournaments. And yeah, people are joking the home court advantage for uh, for our gal up there in Charleston. Kind of. I mean, it's, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to be familiar. And Bogota, as Food Snob corrected me, not on the East Coast. It's more on the West Coast. Kind of wraps around Columbia's. I forget. I think Columbia's it's the same the time zone as you. I think they're Central. Yeah, I think it's Central. It's it's the it's the country that borders Panama in Central America. So Bogota, more. It's not actually really on a coast. It's kind of in the middle of the country. I'll help you in global. Either way, both yeah, and global is going to be big for it. Either way, both of these tournaments are in the Western Hemisphere. So all this tennis is going to be late morning through late afternoon kind of tennis for everybody, which is. You know, maybe a bit of a change for some of the people that have loved the European stuff. But guess what? Follow both, follow both, and the men will be over there soon. We're gonna have the clay, the European clay season, real and quick. Break tennis so, very soon. The men are playing in Houston, which means it's raining in Houston, as it always is. And I, I just hate that tournament. I hate that tournament so much. We need to just get to the good ones in Europe. Uh, with that, appreciate you guys joining us. Chat killed it today. Alex killed it. We had some outrights. Hopefully, North Carolina can kill it. Hit some thumbs ups. Thanks for following along. We'll catch you tomorrow. We're going to have a good week. <laughs>